We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 268 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined with my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart, Pierre, how you boys doing? Short week, we got Thanksgiving football this Thursday, Lions playing for something, how we feeling? I'm feeling good, Tyler. I'm excited to talk about this matchup. Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's kind of it's a little tiring, you know. It's an tiring week. Pod here, pod there, and then I don't know how the Lions do it personally, but we'll see. Malcolm, how are you doing, bro? Woo! What is going on, man? Right now, I'm feeling like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills, and I'm looking at them and just saying, "Just bring it, bring it." That's what I'm talking about. Bring, bring it. it. I called you the rock on Halloween. I said you would look good in his, in his costume. <laughs> Let's oh, go, man. man. Let's go. We should do that. We should all we should all be like wrestlers, like oh, former wrestlers. We should all have ours. Pierre, I don't know who the hell Pierre would be. Uh, me, like oh, I'd be like Randy Orton. That's my guy. That's that your evolu- guy? I want to be John Cena. I get those shoes, the pump up shoes. Hell yeah. I get the the WWE thing, and I spin that shit around. Let's go. You can't yeah. see me. Come on, man. Let's go. Yeah, that's all you. you could do that. <laughs> I'm joking. I would, first of all, I'm, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out of the Halloween stuff. I'm not a kid anymore. I just, you know, I'm out of that. But Mal- Mal- Malcolm likes the Dudley boys. <laughs> yes, I do. Bubba Jones. <laughs> yeah, Dudley. man, let's go, man. Bubba Ray. Let's go, man. The the boys are legit. And I feel like when we talk about the Bills, I feel like it has a lot to do with the wrestling. And that's why I kind of brought that correlation because Bills Mafia reminds me of just a bunch of wrestlers. They just need like some intros to their stuff and they need to have something because they are basically the Dudley boys. They they bring the tables. They bring the tables and they jump on them. Yeah. I don't know why they do this. 
I, I don't know. It's, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's like you go to like a, a tailgate of Buffalo and prepare to be in WWE because that's exactly what you're gonna see, and you might be a part of it. They might slam you through a table, so you gotta be careful. <laughs> hey, they're, they're not sober when they do it. I'm like, if they were sober when they did that, they would not do it. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's crazy, man. It's like you just look to the left, you're like, what the? Is that a power bomb? Like what? Dude, the, that he just brought it through a table. What is going on here? Look man. how funny this is. My friend actually was at like the Bills Cleveland game that like. Buffalo showed up. It was like all Buffalo fans. But, you know, there's a few like people from Michigan that showed up. He's like, I swear I'm not lying to you. They literally did it right in front of us. They were all lit. It was hilarious. Yeah. Literally, saw, they, they get a table. They get a fucking table, right? And the guy is drunk as hell. He jumps like off a truck or off a chair yep. or something right onto the table. And everyone just goes crazy. And yeah. it's, it's, it's and, and these yeah. people are crazy. Uh, these fans are crazy. <laughs> they don't do it over grass. They do it over the concrete. I mean, yeah. like, that is wild. I respect That's, Bills fans so much, though. I really do. They're actually one of my favorite fan bases in the whole NFL. Uh, I think they have great fans, very passionate fans. So if there's one fan base that I respect so much, it's definitely Bills Mafia. And they definitely For did sure. their they definitely did their thing in Detroit when they had, we hosted their game last Sunday versus Cleveland. Yeah, a group of them donated money to the Boys and Girls Club of Detroit. So. Yeah, that was nice. Wow. Yeah, and then also the Bills mm-hmm. as an organization donated twenty thousand dollars to the Lions Foundation. Yeah. So man, the Bills are just like their Bills and the fans, their fans, of the organization, just like class. Yeah. Like, I don't usually class. like. I usually don't like fluffing the opposing team, but I really respect the Bills. I think they're a great fan base, a great team in general. Um, so just a team I respect in general. And they're kind of Lions esque. You know, they haven't won a Super Bowl either, and they've had some heartbreaking. <laughs> Losses. I mean, four Super Bowl appearances and four losses in the Super Bowl. Like that is heartbreaking. That's demoralizing. And that was in the in the nineties and eighties with Jim Kelly. So, I mean, I know as Lions fans, you can't relate to getting to the game, but like they've had it pretty bad as well. And you know, to see them turn to the corner is like it gives you some optimism. It's like okay, the Bills haven't been shit. Maybe they could maybe they could turn the corner for some of these other teams like Detroit. Yeah. Ever since they hired Brandon Bean and uh, McDermott, they just. They, they've been great for them. And they, they did it all through the draft, too, mostly. Like, if you look at their roster, maybe a few guys like Stefan Diggs and, like, Von Miller or whatever. The rest of their guys are all homegrown talent. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. yeah, that's that's the blueprint. That's what the Lions are doing. Looks like it's how they want to build. So, All right. Let's get into these injury report for both these teams. Short week, so not a lot of practice this week. But these are a lot of walkthroughs and – they have some game designations with – well, they don't have the game designation with them, but they have the questionables, the DMPs and all that. So, here, you want to go ahead and read these injury reports for both these squads? Yeah, so the Bills had a walkthrough on Monday, but it looks like they pra- actually practiced today. Like, not not walkthrough, but here you go. Uh, Josh Allen dealing with an elbow injury, limited both days. Uh, Trayman Edmonds, groin heel, hasn't practiced Monday or Tuesday. I'm guessing he's out. Their rookie cornerback, Kyer Elam, with an ankle, he's practiced full both days. Defensive end, A.J. Epinesa with the ankle, hasn't practiced both days. Safety, DeMar Hamlin, he was full both days. Uh, cornerback, Cam Lewis, was full both days. Center, Mitch Morse, elbow, ankle, did not practice both days. And the Bills fans are actually worried about this. If Morse misses time, uh, their backup is not good at all. It looks like he's going to be out. Safety, Jordan Poyer, elbow, was full both days. Offensive lineman, David uh, Kissenberry. Uh, was limited on Monday, full on Tuesday, dealing with an ankle injury, and then defensive end Gregory Russo ankle has on practice both days. I'm guessing he'll also be out. Yeah. All right. What's the Lions' report looking like? 
All right, here we go. Evan Brown with an ankle hasn't practiced both days. Charles Harris with a groin hasn't practiced both days. Jonah Jackson's actually now in concussion protocol. It was an illness yesterday. Looks like he's having concussion-like system, so he's in protocol. He's going to be out on Thursday. Jeff Okuda, concussion protocol also. He's going to be out. Uh, Josh Pesco with a knee hasn't practiced both days. DJ Chark was limited with the ankle. Campbell also hinted that he's going to play like a bigger role kind of, so I think he'll be good to go. Frank Ragnow didn't practice on Monday with a foot, but was limited on Tuesday. I'd expect him to play. Josh Reynolds with a bag didn't practice. Monday was limited. Tuesday, we'll see on him. Malcolm Rodriguez elbow was full both days. DeAndre Swift ankle shoulder was also full both days. Now, the Lions had an estimation, so that means they had walked through both on Monday and Tuesday. The Bills actually practiced on Tuesday. That's, I mean, that's what I got from this injury report. So, yeah. That's, and yeah. I think people for wondering about the pups and the IR situation. Romeo Quara. They didn't officially rule him out for being potentially activated for this game. Dan Campbell said probably not, but who knows? We'll see what happens. So don't necessarily rule it out. They do have an open roster spot as well right now. So we'll see if they decide to promote someone from the 53, uh, from the practice squad to the 53, or if they just leave the roster spot open for this week and are preparing to activate Romeo and or JMO versus Jacksonville next Sunday. We'll see. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about this Lions offensive guard situation because, yeah, I mean, Jonah Jackson at first looked like it was going to be, you know, just an illness, and then we'd probably get him back on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we'd probably expect him to go. But now that is different. He is ruled out. Evan Brown not looking promising to play this game. So you are scrambling right now at the offensive guard position. Here, Malcolm, when you look at this guard position right now, Missing two of your starters. Who are you expecting to fill in this Thursday versus the Bills? All right. Um, all right. I'm going to try to say his name right. And be like, like who? And I'll tell you who. Coyote uh, Owishka. Who? Uh, <laughs> they signed this guard. Remember they signed him out the Eagles practice squad like in the beginning of the year? I it was like week two or week three or something like that. Yeah. Uh, he's been stuck in. And then Wentz. When Stenberg struggled and then Evan Brown got hurt in a game, I believe it was a Seattle, Seattle. game, I want to say. Yeah. They brung in, uh, again, Coyote. They brung in Coyote. We'll go by his first name. We'll say KO. We can call it KO. They brung in KO. Um, so I'm guessing he's next in line. Maybe Stenberg has improved the past few weeks in practice. We don't know. But if I had to guess right now, it's going to be him and Dan Skipper. KO and Skipper. Yeah. Malcolm, what are you thinking about this guard situation right now? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to lean that way, too. I mean, from what I've seen from Stumberg, and I, I, I probably pointed this out to you guys before you guys seen him be de- being demoted. It was really bad when he was out there. Like, you see, like, he was getting Jared Goff killed when he was out there. So, um, hopefully, it's not him. And if, if it is him, I mean, hopefully he improved dramatically and at least is able to at least – you know, hold his own some type of way because that's going to put Frank Ragnow in a really bad spot because now he's going to have to try to chip in on to help out Skipper a bit and then try to chip out and help him out for a bit. It's going to be too much for Frank. Um, so whoever we put in there is going to have to handle their own. So I'm hoping it's, you know, Coyote and, um, and Skipper. So I'm going to throw out an idea out there. Just throwing it out there. Matt Nelson's not on this injury report anymore. He's missed the last month or so. 
I know he's primarily a tackle, but he's a guy we've seen in that tight end formation and being motioned as a tight end in some certain plays in that big boy package that they like to run. Would it be surprising to you guys with now being two open guard spots to potentially see maybe Matt Nelson get the start this Thursday? No, not surprising at all. Not surprising one bit. The moment I seen Dan Skipper in there, it means anything can happen. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're offensive lineman, you're you're able to play damn near any position. It's pretty much what they're telling me. So, no, I would not be shocked one bit if we saw Matt Nelson in that guard position. I I, I trust Hank Fraley and like whoever he thinks is the best guy out there. Let him do it. Whatever he wants to do. Uh, one thing I do want to mention with Jackson though is the Lions love to pull him on running plays. He's an athletic guy, and they run behind him sometimes as well. And whoever you have at that right guard spot doesn't have Jonah's athleticism, right? So the run game, I think, will take a slight hit. And Buffalo also is, like, good against her. We'll get into that when we talk about their defense. But um, I think without Jonah, your run game takes a hit for sure. And I think Malcolm could agree to that, just the pooling and everything they do with him. I mean, they do a lot of different things with him in the running game. Yeah. It's – obviously, we know what we could do in pass pro, but running the ball, I mean, it's, it's a big loss. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think we're all under the assumption that Dan Skipper will for sure take one of these guard spots. Like, I don't think that's a shock by any means, but it's going to be interesting to see. First off, what guard spot he takes. Is it going to be left guard or right guard? I think he was playing left guard early on in the season, so I would assume he probably fills in that spot. And then who takes over right guard? We will see. You know, you have some options there. You have Stenberg. You have KO. You have... Matt Nelson on the 53. And then I believe on the practice squad, as far as a guard, you have another guy. His name is Ross Pearson Batcher. And you want me to give you a scouting report on Ross? Come on, guys. I don't have that for you. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he offers. What's his name? Ross Pearson Batcher. I definitely okay. messed up. He, was, he, went to, he went to Alabama. Okay. Um, no, uh, I have no idea who he is. He was a fifth-round pick by the Commanders in 2019. Let's see. He didn't play last year. Has he played a game yet in the NFL? He played one snap in 2020. Let's see he played in 2019. He only played one snap in 2020. That's it, guys. <laughs> so there's your scouting report on Ross. We're just, we're just going to call him Ross. <laughs> I don't want to say that last name again. Let's um, say RB. Or RP, RP, RP. Yeah, we can do RP. That's fine. Uh, I don't expect him to be elevated. I think with them having these other guys on the roster, I, I would assume they're going to stick with whoever's on the 53 if that's KO, Stenberg, or Nelson. So it's going to yeah. be one of those three options. We'll see what they do on Thursday. We'll have a better telling of it on our pregame show on Twitter Spaces because we'll see what they have lined up on the pregame. So if you guys are interested in that, we'll have more of a... Uh, they also do have another lineman, two linemen, Darren Paolo on the practice squad and then Obina Eze or something. Yeah, Eze's a tackle. So I know, but like, I feel like they will elevate one of the, one of those guys. Yeah. They have to. I mean, you're I out. Evan Brown's out. Jonah's pa- out. Paulo played guard in the preseason. He actually wasn't bad. He's a bad tackle, yeah. but he wasn't a terrible guard. No, he's a guy to watch out for as well. And then, I mean, that's about it. Yeah, we're very thin at, at guard right now. It's a very thin position right now. Having Jonah and Evan Brown definitely stinks. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to do a Lions offensive game plan. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Oz Traders. 
Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. All right, let's talk about this Lions offense and what they could do this Thursday versus the Bills. You guys already hinted at it when we were talking about the offensive guard situation. This run game is probably going to take some type of a hit. Without Jonah Jackson and Evan Brown at your guard position, you're going to be going in with two reserves here. So you look at this Bills defense, you look at this Lions offense and what they're going to be trotting out. Do you guys think we could maybe see that Lions offense that we saw the first four weeks as far as it, you know, opening up the passing game with them getting some weapons back? You got St. Brown there. You got DJ Chark back activated last week, and they said they expect him to see more. And then Josh Reynolds could also potentially be back this week. So you could have all three of your starting receivers that you expected week one to all be healthy and activated for this game versus the Bills. So could we see the Lions maybe go to a little pass-heavy offense, or do you think this should still be a very run-heavy offense, try to control the time of possession and keep the Bills' offense off the field? What's your guys' head at right now? I've been going back and forth on Tyler. This is why. Kirk Cousins had 357 passing yards against them, right? And then last week, Jacoby Bursett had 324 passing yards against them. 
So their pass defense right now is very leaky. We talked about why because they have injuries. Micah Hyde is on IR, and I believe Trey White has been out. I don't know if he's going to play this week, Tyler. You talked to the Bills guys. What's the feeling on Trey White? They're expecting him to miss this Thursday because of the short week, and they're expecting him to be back next Sunday versus the New England Patriots just because, you know, we talk about it with our guys like Romeo and J-Mo. It's kind of that mini bye week. So maybe not rush him back right away, and they can get him back. And the Bills – they're not necessarily comfortable to win the division right now. They're in a very dog race right now with every team in that division. They're all good. You know, the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Jets, they're all playing really good football. So they're by no means a lock to win the division, but they are pretty comfortable, at least as far as making the playoffs. So I don't think they want to rush back a player if they don't have to, and they might get him back ready for that big division game versus the Patriots. So right now they believe, even though he's not on the – because last week he was on the injury report. This week he's not on the injury report, but he's he's probably not going to play. That's what they think. They're going to just – they're going to be patient with him. That's the that's the thought. Yeah. Okay. So let's just assume what – you went on a few couple of Bills podcasts, so we're going to assume that Trey White's probably going to be out. So you have a rookie, Kyrie Elam, starting – He's, he struggled. He's a rookie, right? And then you have um, – where's the thing I have here? You have – is it Davis here? No, that's that's the receiver. I'm tripping. I'm sorry. Uh, Dane Jackson, my bad. Dane Jackson who – I mean, I don't, he's not that good, right? And then you have – They're a very young secondary, yes. And then you have uh, Johnson in passing defense. Teron Johnson, yeah, I, I think you could pass pass on them because they they're missing Micah Hyde, one of the best safeties in the league. They're missing Trey White, one of the best corners in the league. We don't have those guys. You could probably pass on them, but the game plan for me will be get rid of the ball fast because you have two backup guards and Ed Oliver and Von Miller and Boogie Basham and all those guys. They're going to eat. Yeah, you you uh, got to like. Just get rid of the ball real fast. Malcolm, what do you, what do you think offensively? What do you think Ben Johnson got queued up this Thursday? Oh, man, this is this is tough, man, because it's like a coin flip here. Because now you're asking yourself, do you want to potentially go into a shootout with the Bills? That's tough, yeah. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to try to keep Josh Allen off the field as much as possible? Try to, you know, control the time of possession, run the football, and, and go that route. It's tough, man, because, yeah, you're missing some guards, but I think, I think you know, even though you're missing some guards, I think you can't shy away from your running game. I think you still got to go with your running game, but you got to attack that secondary as well. So I think you just got to probably play it kind of similar like how they played last week with the with the running game. And then, like, when you when you have the shots there, when it's available, you, you take shots, like – if, if needed, you know, if golf is like in a third and seven, you know, in a situation like that, you know, you're going to have to throw the ball, have golf throw the ball. But I would I would run it, man, because I don't like the, the idea of being in a shootout with Josh Allen. I'm I'm with you. Like I said, we're going back and forth and I didn't really mention that part all either. But like, I think your best chance of winning the game is controlling the clock. It, it yeah, probably but, would be. It is, it, but it, it's a lot easier said than done when you're missing two starting offensive guards when those guys are, especially Jonah Jackson, the big part of your run game. And now you're getting some good run support. Like Dan Skipper is a good guy in the run game. You know, he's a Muller. And even if they go to Stenberg, he's another good guy. Like his pass production is not great by any means, but his run blocking is pretty well. You know, he does pretty well in that department. So you have – solid run blocking protection here and they can maybe create some lanes in the interior with these guys if that's what they end up going with. 
and you have Kabinda back too. Kabinda was huge in the running game last week. Uh, passing game, you know, it's whatever. He probably wants to scrap that. Mm-hmm. But the, the running game, he was great. Um, I'm kind of with Malcolm. I think it's kind of going to be a balanced game. You have to balance it out because you don't you don't want it to turn like that Seattle game in the beginning of the year. You don't want to turn out like that Eagles game in the beginning of the year. Because that's when Goff is prone to make mistakes. When you are when you put the ball in Goff's hands that many times, he's going to make a mistake. We've seen it. We've seen it this year. You do not want that type of game. You want, like, try to – you want you want to try to the end. Now, the Buffalo Bills are going to be like, hey, let's just go out. Let's try to score fast, and let's see if they can keep up with us. I think that's going to be the Bills game plan. The Lions are going to be like, hey, let's, let's slow the game down a little. Let's, you know, let's control this clock, control the tempo of the game, and that's our best chance to win. That's that's interesting because I was watching the Bills last few games, man, and this is like I haven't seen that type of offense. It's like their offense has been really dry lately, like the last few weeks. Whether it's um, them relying heavily on the running game or a lot of checkdowns. I like I, I watched last week's game and it's it was majority check down, check down, check down, check down, check down, check down to the running back, check out to the tight end, check down, check down, check down. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's because of Josh Allen's hurt. I'm not sure if that's what's factored into it or or what, but I haven't been seeing that many explosive plays from Jackson for um, I'm sorry, from the Bills. I think it's their O line injuries and his arm. Or his, I mean his his throwing his shoulder. Elbow. Oh, his, his elbow? Elbow shoulder, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it's his uh the O line right now is kind of injured too. And they've struggled. With, with the injuries they had, and it's the uh, the arm. I think that's what it is because you saw the first week against the Rams, they, they destroyed them. Yeah. And I, I think also that kind of factored into last game at least versus the, the Browns. I mean, it was a weird week for them. You know, they had the whole snow situation. They didn't get to practice on Thursday. Um, Friday, right. they're trying to figure out how they're going to get to Detroit. They don't end up getting to Detroit till Saturday afternoon. Um, so it was a weird situation for them. Like, I feel like they had that all in mind with being able to still have to play a football game. Not that they had lost focus on the game, but there was a lot to juggle with that whole situation that was going on in Buffalo uh, with the whole snow situation and the moving cities and where they're playing and all that. But, you know, I think it's interesting. I looked at some games that the Bills lost. That you mentioned the Vikings game. Kirk Cousins throws the ball 50 times in that game. Um, and then you look at a game like the Jets where they lost to. The Jets were really run heavy in that game. So... They've shown that they could lose in both of these style of games. If it's a pass-heavy game, a run-heavy game, they've shown that they're prone to lose in both these games. And I thought it was interesting that the Browns, a team that usually is relying on their run game, you know, usually are really run-heavy with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They didn't get that production you think they would have. Nick Chubb, this is a stat line. This is, again, you would think this is very laughable with, like, the Saquon Barkley type thing. 14 carries. 19 yards, 1.4 average. Kareem Hunt, 5 carries, 32 yards, 6.4 average. Jacoby Brissett threw the ball 41 times versus the Buffalo Bills defense last week. And now they didn't win that game, but they kept it close with them, and they kind of went into that shootout, if you want to call it. It wasn't a super high-scoring game, but you know that that was the Browns' philosophy of trying to take down the Bills' offense. It didn't necessarily work. But they kept it. They kept it close, and they kept in the game. And you can make the argument that the Lions have the better offensive weapons um, than the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the Browns are really just Amari Cooper, Donovan People Jones. Those are some solid guys. But Lions are gonna be healthier this week. You got Sam Brown. You got Shark, who was expected a bigger load. 
and you potentially have Josh Reynolds back, who we obviously saw was a big part of this Lions offense once he was healthy. So I think attacking this Bills secondary is going to be ideal, but you don't want to get away from your bread and butter too. So it is tough to see what Ben Johnson's going to really have dialed up this Thursday because the main reason that why they've won these last three games is the run game. You know, they've been really good in the run department. So I don't know what Ben's got dialed up this Thursday. Well, I think it's got to be balanced, like you guys said. Yeah, and I think also in this game, um, we talk about Campbell's decision-making and all that. I think this game where you have, like, those fourth and twos, fourth and threes, that's where I feel like you kind of have to go for it. Like, like, obviously, it depends on the game, but I feel like when you play an opponent like Buffalo, three isn't necessarily going to cut it, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like we'll see more gambles this week. We, we've seen it, too, against the better teams that they take, they take more gambles in it. I feel like this week we'll see that. We'll see, though. Like, I guess it depends on the flow of the game as well because you never know what could happen in the game. Yeah, like I was going to say, the Bills, I think, settled for, what was it, five field goals last week? Like, they, they had a tough time getting in the end zone last week versus the Browns. They did. They did. But, but the thing is, like, the Browns have Denzel Ward, and our Ward, Kakuda, is out. That is true. You know what I mean? That's true. That, that factors it. They, they, I don't want to say they shut down Diggs, but he only had four catches for 40 yards. Like, he didn't do much. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I mean, I, I, I think Detroit. All they have to do is eliminate the explosive plays. So they could eliminate the explosive plays and not have Josh Allen run run wild on them. I think they have a shot. I mean, shoot. Let's talk. Uh, yeah, was, let's, I mean, let's, talk let's talk about this defense real quick because now I want to get into what the Lions defense could potentially do to limit this Josh Allen led offense, which it's a great offense. But like you guys mentioned, since the the elbow injury hasn't been nearly the same, but he is getting that. He's getting. He's going to be a full go. It looks like this Thursday. It looks like they removed that that sleeve that he's been wearing the last two weeks. So it looks like he should be more more of a go as far as throwing the ball this Thursday is what I'm hearing. But I do want to like mention one thing. Sorry, Tyler. We didn't really talk about the Bills. Uh, they're 23rd in red zone efficiency on offense. So that's what looks like they're st- they have the second pink, pay- they're second ranked in points, second in total offense. Oh, that's what I said. Third they set up passing- five field goals last Thursday. Or yeah, last Sunday. Third, uh, third in passing offense, second and third down offense. And, and then uh, 23rd in red zone efficiency. And they're 30th in giveaways. They don't really turn the ball over either. So, <laughs> Oh, no, they do turn over the ball. My I bad. They've they given the ball 18 times. Yeah, I was going to say, they talk about That's why they lose games. I mean, that's why they've lost their games. Is they're prone to make some mistakes in some very key situations. Like, they'll get to the red zone and they'll throw a pick in the end zone or they'll fumble it in the end zone or whatever. I mean, you saw that Vikings game at the end of the game. That was a complete nutshell of, of blowing a game at the end. Yeah, and then... Their defense, fourth in points per game. They're only allowing 17.4 points to their opponents, 13th in total defense, 8th in rushing defense, 20th in pass defense, 14th they're down defense. Um, shoot. Third uh, in red zone efficiency defense and third in takeaways. Uh, they have 18 takeaways, and then Lions are 13th with 14. So they had have a top 10 offense and top 10 defense. Points scoring – Scoring offense second, scoring defense fourth. I mean, they're a tough opponent. I mean, they're <laughs> they're the Buffalo Bills. At the end of the day, they're a juggernaut. They're a top two team in the NFL. They're a reason why they're in the conversation to win the Super For Bowl. They're, sure. they're probably the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now if you had to bet money on it. Um, 
I don't know. We'll what see. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, they are. They're a top two team in the NFL. Well, the reason why I say that right now is because they're hurt. And they don't yeah. get healthy. Like, I don't see it personally. I don't see yeah. them going to the Super Bowl with all these injuries. I'm not they saying have they're right guaranteed now. to make it, but I'm saying if you were to bet on them, they're probably the favorite right now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to bet on the Bills, uh, they're the favorite right now. So. You, the you want to get into the defense? Yeah, let's talk about this defense. Lions are going to be without Jeff Okuda this Thursday, and that's a huge <laughs> loss. Who steps in? Um. Okay, like, I know Amani has struggled or whatever, but I feel like Amani and Gabe Davis are a good matchup for Amani. Bigger receiver. Um, you He's know, fast now. He is, but, dude, like, would you rather have Mike Hughes or Amani or Warrior on Gabe Davis? I don't think they're going to have any guy trail. I think that everyone's going to get their sides. I know. I'm saying, yeah. like, I actually think they might do Jerry and a safety on uh, what's his face? Stefan Diggs. Like, bracket him how they bracketed. Who did they bracket when they shut down? Justin Jefferson. Remember how they shut Jefferson, him down, basically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to have that plan. And then on the other side, they're going to have either Amani or Mike Hughes. And then Nichols going to be Will Harris. Yeah, that's pretty much a lock at this point. That Willard's going to be the nickel. I think Mike Hughes has played well, honestly, the last couple of weeks. Since taking over the outside corner, if it were me, I, I would I would start him this this Thursday. I think the more question mark is do you go Amani or Jerry? Because Jerry's been getting picked on the last couple of weeks, especially versus the Giants. If it was me, I'd go Jerry and Amani and Will Harris and the nickel. What about you, Malcolm? What do you think about this cornerback situation? As far as the corners, who should play, who should start? Um... I, I probably will would rely more on I don't know because I think I think I think Omani did lose a lot, of, a lot of trust with his coaching staff, so he may not start. I think it may be um, Mike Hughes, Mike Hughes, and um, and Jerry. I think you could do a rotational thing as well in this game. You could maybe switch out like drives. I, 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 that's what that's what I, um, I, I was watching Dan Campbell's press conference, and that's what it seemed like that they're all going to. I could see that. I think a rotation makes sense. You know, get Amani involved in some drives, get Jerry involved in some drives, get Hughes involved in some drives, and then we'll just kind of be primarily your nickel corner pretty much all game. Yeah, oh, is Chase Lucas? Mm-hmm. My bad. My, is Chase Lucas have the injury report? He is, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So is Ifatu Malafana. I think those guys, I mean, we'll see how much they'll play because they just haven't really got their feet wet as much this year, but... I mean, I, I mean, those ex- guys. I wouldn't expect a big workload on either of those guys, I honestly. Accept it, but I think the, if he was drafted too, he was drafted to like be that big slot, right? That's what they kind of said—that big slot kind of safety type of cornerback. And you know, they have a guy, Dawson Knox, who's really good. <laughs> Do you match him up? I don't know. That's that's a big ask. You're talking, talking about the tight end, Dawson Knox? Um, no, I, I think that's a big ask for Dawson Knox. Is really good. I, I don't even know how they're gonna play this team. Um. Are you going to play man? Are you going to play zone? We know how our zone is. That zone is rough, dude. And then you play to get Josh Allen against zone, he's going to pick you apart. Yeah. I think he makes it up. He's going to eat you for dinner. But the man coverage is tough too, man. It's because he's got got legs, and then you got these explosive receivers like Diggs and Davis. And Knox is not bad too for tight So this is what you have to do. You have to kind of, like, not necessarily stack the guy, but you have to say your edge first. Do you know how, like, I keep going back to that play last week. Hutch waited for Anzalone to come get his guy. He was setting the edge, and Anzalone just boom, yeah. hit him. That's that's what you have to do this game. You have to set the edge. You that's have to it. be disciplined in your gaps and all that because Josh Allen could kill you. Like he's their leading rusher. I believe Josh Allen's the Bills' leading rusher. He is their well. leading rusher. He's their leading rusher. I think you know honestly, you may have to play him the same exact way you played the Giants. 
you know, trying to contain um, Daniel Jones. Even though that, that the Bills have much more wide receiver threats, I think you gotta, you really gotta contain Josh Allen. I think you, you kind of have to. I'm not sure if they can just sit back and just play zone and just. Yeah, I agree. You play cannot spy. play zone. Unless you, if you get in pressure while you're playing, like if you're constantly getting pressure, but we don't do that. Football. I mean, they they did last week though. Their O line. I mean, bro, you want me to get into it? Roger Saffold is ranked the 67th guard right I, I, now. I get that and all that, but the Lions' D-line has not proved to me that they can get pressure enough where they could do that. To me, they have. Last last week, they did. We talked about a week into and they took advantage of that. Well, the, a lot of that was, too, you're not playing a, a dominant receiver like you did. You're playing a dominant receiver this week. You're playing a top-five receiver. You're playing— I know, did, but what I'm saying is it doesn't matter who the receivers are if you get pressure before, like, if you're— I understand that, the quarterback. I'm saying Stephon Diggs could get open a lot quicker than Darius Slayton and Richie James and whoever the hell was out there for them. For sure, but, like, Aleem was blowing up these plays, like, right he off was. the snap. He was. Yeah, he had his greatest game. The, the pressure could, could definitely. I was gonna say the pressure could definitely eliminate the big threat. The, 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 yeah, the big, for the sure. Big but the, I can't be say. I can't say right now that I can for sure expect that this Thursday. They haven't shown me enough for me to believe that. I mean, if we, you want to win, yeah. yeah. If, if you want to win, you you got to do that. If you're not pressuring the quarterback, you're gonna lose this game. Absolutely, yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> you need another performance like like um, Ali McNeil did. He gonna need a two point what he did last week. If Ali McNeil could do that, um, pressure inside the middle. Um, and then the, the outside can contain outsides. I mean, we can stop the running game. If we could do that, I mean, I like our chances, dude. I'm looking at the right tackle who's like been pretty good, but this year he has 22 pressures and he's allowed two sacks and four hits. He has four penalties, right? That's like Koch's matchup, probably. Let's go down to their uh, what do you call it? Right guard 17 pressures, a sack, and two hits. Okay, their center, Mitch Morris, is probably going to be out so. Bills fans are really weird about that. And then their guard, Roger Saffold, looks, feels like he's been in the league forever. Yeah, he's 34. 21 pressures, uh, two hits, no sacks allowed. They give up pressures. They give up a lot of pressures. They do. But Josh Allen is very strong. Yeah. Um, he can escape yeah. the, 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 the pressure. And right. even if you get to him, he can like kind of like shake it off and, and get free. Like yeah. kind of like we've seen when we played um, Justin Fields. Yeah. It's going to be like yeah. another game just like Justin Fields. Like you see a lot of plays where we get there, and he's going to spin right off him and probably take yeah. off and run. You, so this is going to be tough. You want to play him like how you played towards the fourth quarter, how you played Justin Fields. They, they were really disciplined. And the good, good thing job. about the Lions, too, is – I don't want to say they're used to it, but these past three weeks, they've prepared for mobile quarterbacks. They have a better understanding of it versus like the first few weeks, they were kind of like, shit, what do we do? Now they know what to do because we've seen it. They're not always stopping it, but they're living it. It's not as bad as it was in week one, week two, and week, week four. You know what I mean? It's it's getting better. I would say in that fourth quarter of the Bears game, it really improved because the first three quarters were rough and versus the Bears game yeah. uh, with, with Fields. And they improved in the fourth quarter. They they really limited him with his using his legs, and then I would say last week they. I feel like the Giants just didn't run it enough with Daniel Jones. I feel like if they ran it more with Daniel Jones, it could have gave this Lions defense a little more issues. But I don't know. That's hard to tell because they didn't do it enough. But because when he was doing it, he was giving us some issues, and I feel like this Thursday Josh Allen could give us some issues because I know you look at Josh Allen and you look at his rush times. There's like nine to ten quarterback design plays just for him just to run. So that can give the Lions defense some issues this Thursday. That's when we have trouble. We have trouble stopping the design. The design quarterback, quarterback plays, yeah. 
Those, those now, are tough. If you're the Bills, though, like last year, Josh only had three carries. He's dealing with that elbow injury, right? Do you call design runs for him? Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying last week he had three. Let's look at the week prior. I'm just curious. Versus the Vikings, he had. I mean, uh, you're going to a game plan. And you're like, all right, what, what is the defense struggling? What is the defense struggling against? And you're like, all right, they're what? struggling against stopping QB design runs. So they're like, all right, we're just going to, on third downs, just run QB design runs. He had nine carries the past two weeks. So I don't know. I, I mean, he's, he's hurt. I'll, so. t- I'll take the over if it's five and a half <laughs> this Thursday. Especially they play man coverage. So we'll, we'll see how, how they, they play them. I really hope they play two safeties on top because I think we're going to need help. I don't trust any of our corners on the island. No. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think you're going to need two safeties on top. 31's going to be back there for sure. And then Deshaun Elliott will be back there too. But 31, man, if they play cover one, like Kirby Joseph is – we talked about the last show. We think he could be special. Yeah, he's a ball hawk. Yeah. Not just ball hawk. He has elite range. Like the guy runs from one side to the side like really fast. Great, um, great play recognition. He has great awareness. He's he's going to be special, in my opinion. We'll see though. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting test for this Lions defense for sure. This is one of the. This is probably the toughest assignment they've had all year. Of honestly, just with facing a great quarterback that has legs, great arm. And you're playing a top five receiver on top of that with Stephon Diggs. I mean, is there a tougher matchup we've had this year? Maybe Philly. Yeah, on paper, I think Philly was a more tough, way tougher matchup. To be honest, they have, I think they have the offensive line. I think they're their team. Yeah, defensive line, line, offensive line. Well, I'm saying, um, I'm saying for the defense specifically, not like not defense. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think yeah. they have a, they have a better run, running attack. Yeah, yeah and they do. Hurts. I mean. You, they were healthy too when we played them versus you know I feel like if both teams are healthy, Eagles are better for sure. I mean the Bills on offense are a lot better, right? I wouldn't say a lot better. These are both the very good teams. I'm saying that they're, they're I, 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 think, I think their offense is probably slightly better, but I think the team overall, I think I'll have to go to Philly. That's really? fair. That's fair. I think. Yeah, because I think defense, Philly's defense is way better than that. Philly D line's nice, and their and their and their DBs are nice. Yeah. But like Von Miller at Oliver and all those guys, Boogie Basham. They got guys. I mean, <laughs> these teams are juggernauts for a reason. I mean, that's a good debate. It's a good controversy. You can go really either way. Like, I honestly wouldn't be shocked. That's a Super Bowl. These, those two teams. yeah, see, these teams are in the conversation with like the Chiefs. Um, I, my top four teams in the NFL. The, those two teams that we just named, the Eagles and Bills, Chiefs, and I, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I've told you the San Francisco 49ers are nice, and uh, there's a top four. But top four I team. agree with you. The Niners are – they're 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 different, bro. Their I, defense and I their offense a, I is I think getting, they're a complete team. Yeah, they are a complete team. Yeah. I think those – I agree with those. Those are the four best teams in my opinion too. Yeah. And then you got, you got some sleeper teams too. Like my – I want to say sleeper, but you got some pretty good teams like Miami and Cincy. And I think Tennessee is just always going to be around there. So, you know. But the Bills I mean, are definitely in that conversation. If, bro, if a quarterback gets hot or a team just gets hot at the right time, they can go – like it doesn't matter who it is. They go all the way. Once you're in, you got a shot because it's only one game. Like, you know, it's not like basketball. It's like four games or like – Yeah. And that's, you know, what, that's it's what the one ba- game. That's what the Bengals did last year. Titans did it a couple years ago when they got hot with Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah, no, for sure. And this is usually the time of year we talked about it. I think last week, 
this is the time of year where you really find out who the real teams are and who the frauds are. This is like the time of year where you see who's going to be good in the playoffs. And around Thanksgiving, we're approaching December football. This is where we are. This is this is a good time to get hot. You remember the Steelers last year? I think they started like six and zero or seven and zero. Like, what's going on? And then they fell that, apart. That was twenty twenty. They started <laughs> off, I think, ten oh, and zero. Twenty twenty. Ten and zero or eleven and zero or something like that. It was something where I was like, what yeah. the hell is Mike Tomlin doing? That's a great code. That's if you get 10 wins out of that squad. Uh, yeah. I mean, shit. No. Tomlin, top five coach, I think. It, for sure. Hands down. If anyone says anything, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Got two What's questions. Up? Two questions about Thanksgiving. Let's so, do it. First question is favorite Thanksgiving dish. What is the favorite Thanksgiving dish to go to on Thursday? Um, my mom makes this corn with like soup. I don't know how what she does. She mixes it up. It's really good. It's Mal- like corn with I don't know. It's good. Yeah, Malcolm, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Mac and cheese. Boom. With you, mac and cheese and mashed potatoes can't beat it. No, can't. Oh yeah, that, that was like you know that's basic. I just kind of went something that my mom sort of made up. Ah, right, you want me to give you a unique answer? Let me give you a unique answer. Of course, it's mac and cheese and mashed potatoes. Like, you can't go wrong right. with those two. <laughs> my, my, that, that big mac and cheese, man, that thing is special, bro. My, my unique answer is for, for my Arabs, my pacha. I like my pacha on Thanksgiving too. <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. <laughs> that's my go-to on Thanksgiving, bro. Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where like you have no shame gaining five pounds. I'll go for you know one plate, two plates, three plates, four plates. Like, there's no stopping on Thursday. You know that yeah. one song, potatoes, whatever, however it goes. Yeah, potato like they beans. Just <laughs> you made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. Okay, and that second one, I'm gonna go yes. back to the Lions here. Favorite Thanksgiving Lions game you've ever watched? I have two. Um. Okay. So I have. I'm gonna say one. Remember that game where Calvin went crazy, had like three or four touchdowns. 2015 was- versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I was there, so that that was dope to see. And another one is when Darius Slay picked it off and ended the game versus the Minnesota. Yeah, 2016, the year right after. Those Mal- two. Malcolm, favorite Thanksgiving Lions game? I got, I got, I got to throw it back right now. This is gonna be a throwback game, man. This is probably going back to like probably like 2000, like five. Um, this is when the Lions beat Brett Favre at home um, on Thanksgiving, and. Um, the pack of fans were pissed. They're like they were trying to use every excuse. They're like, "Oh, we played a short week, and that's the reason why you guys won." But we actually we we beat their ass. So, <laughs> so it's, it's always good when you can beat the Packers at all on Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, I mean, can't you make the argument that the Lions were also on a short week? Yeah, exactly. I mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Tyler? yeah, I would say 2016. That was my favorite game. I just remember being at my grandma's house that day and we were all watching me and my cousin in front of the TV screen and my aunts and my mom, my mom wasn't there. My aunts were in the, the room too and they don't give a shit about football, right? It was, it was just there, there and they just see me and my cousin when Darius Slay got that interception just going berserk and uh, my grandma looked pissed. She looked like she was about to get the na'ala, the, the sandal in front of her. <laughs> she's, just like, she's like, why are you so loud right now? <laughs> and I didn't care. And then Prater hits the game winner. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal Thanksgiving game. One of my favorite ones. And then, yeah, 2015 versus the Eagles. Uh, Calvin Johnson, three touchdowns versus that Chip Kelly Philadelphia Eagles team. All on Eric Rowe, which made it super funny, too. I thought that was such a great game. Super fun game to watch. Um, yeah. here, I know you go to these games. You go to a lot of these Thanksgiving games. So is, was that Eagles one be a favorite one you ever attended? Um, 
Probably, yeah. Yeah. I think so. The it, first it, Thanksgiving I ever went to was the Houston one when Jim Schwartz. Wow, Justin, Justin Forsett. I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 and guys, real quick, uh, I'm sorry. It was 2003 when that happened. Just when the Lions beat, yeah, when the Lions beat the Packers at, on Thanksgiving. Damn. What, what yeah, was, was like? What was the game where the coin flip? I was too young for that. The Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh game. That was in the. I think that was like the. 2000? Yeah, was that 2000? Yeah, it was early 2000 or late 90s. I don't know when I think, it was. I think it was exactly 2000. Um, I know Jerome Bettis was playing. Either 2000 or 99 or something like that. So what exactly happened in that game? Like, you, you watched that game, Malcolm, right? Yeah, he called he, – Jerome Bettis called tails. But I guess the ref didn't hear him. and thought he said hits. So when he landed on tails, he was like, all right, where's the ball? He was like, wait, I called tails. And, then, and we won the game, right? I think we won the game. I don't. I don't remember. You don't have bad memory, man. Yeah. <laughs> but that moment was was pretty hilarious because he was so confused. Like, he looking around. I was like, I call, I call tails. And and that's the old NFL overtime rules too, where a field goal wins the game. Like you don't even get the ball if the other team, yeah. if the first yeah, team scores a field goal. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So we'll see if we could uh, add to the Thanksgiving memories because we haven't had a meaningful Thanksgiving game in a while. 2017 was probably the last meaningful game we've had, and. I'm just glad to see that this is going to be a meaningful game. So, again, what Peter said, thank you guys so much for all the support. We're definitely thankful for all the support that you have guys have given us throughout the whole year, throughout the whole season and everything. So, we will be live on Thursday on Twitter Spaces before an hour before the game and instantly right after the game. So, come join us there. Come eat a turkey with us, whatever you want. Come bring your, your Thanksgiving lunch or dinner with you guys to the Twitter Spaces. Um, and we're out, guys. Peace. All right, guys, I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all, it's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.